I want to take a minute to tell everyone about the app that helps make this show possible. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Most importantly, it's free. I always got to lead with that. If you're new to podcasting and feel a little intimidated by the whole process, Anchor doesn't charge you a dime to set up an account, so it's a great app to use while you get your feet wet. You also don't have to be an audio engineer to produce your own show. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone, tablet, or computer. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom, fit into your closet if you can, go into a garage. You don't always have to have a fancy studio to uh, make a podcast happen. You really just need something you're passionate about and a chance to click record. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Music, Spreaker, Overcast, and many other platforms. You don't have to go log into each account and submit an RSS feed. Anchor takes care of that for you. Not only is Anchor free, but you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've been doing this show for 10 months and I've already been able to quit full time at my day job and just work part time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one easy to use place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, that's Anchor, 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 like from a boat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Cake and Conversation. I am your host, as always, Jay Vite. I want to thank everyone, especially all my loyal listeners, but I want to thank everyone who gave me a shot this week as I published this new episode. If this is your first time checking out the show, thanks for pressing play. Today's culture is that of, you know, short attention span. So I truly appreciate everyone who takes the time out of their day and helps to support my show. Just pressing play and listening to a minute counts as a view for me. I always tell everyone that. And obviously, views are important to the success of the show. So again, I want to thank everyone. The reason I mentioned this being a special edition of the show is because it's my 20th episode of Cake and Conversation. And I think that shit's pretty cool. I've had the chance to meet with truly inspiring, creative-minded people. And if I didn't start this show last December, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today. The show originally was inspired by my boozeless journey. And although it only lasted 18 weeks, I know I'll test myself again. And who knows what the new reward will be. If you'd like to be on a future episode of the show, there's a link at the bottom of the show summary where you clicked play. There's a link down there. You can send me a voice message and maybe I'll use it as a segment. It can be a question. You can agree or disagree with something I've said. You can critique the show or do shout outs, whatever you'd like. It's only got to be 15, 20, 30 seconds if you want, or it could be two or three minutes. I mean, if it's interesting enough, I can use it. I always encourage people to do this, and so far it's pretty rare. But it'd be cool if someone had the guts to send a message in. If you'd like to support the show financially, there's another link at the bottom of the show summary. And just by donating even a dollar a month, 
You've done a lot to help with the expenses that it takes to keep the show rolling. I'm very confident in myself, and I understand that in order to build a brand, I have to invest in myself. But that doesn't mean I don't feel fortunate when people donate to the show. At the very least, now that you've pressed play, please also like and share this episode with your friends. If you're listening to this episode solely because you support my guest, please share it with your friends and family so maybe even one extra person has the chance to enjoy the content that we have for you today. My guest is someone I met around two years ago while I was bartending in Sugarland. She was a manager at another bar down the road, so we'd run into each other in between or before or after shifts. I even bought a used car from her at one point, and she really helped me out of a, you know, she really helped me out in a time of need. Her name is Jackie Moody, and recently she started her own business, Moody's Charcuteries, where she designs custom-made-to-order platters for any occasion. She also prepares and sells freshly made meals, so there's a lot of meal prep involved. And because of her experience in the bar industry, she also pairs wine and beer with your order that will complement any dish or platter that she creates for you. Jackie reached out to me a few weeks ago about wanting to be a guest on my show, and I thought her idea and concept is awesome, so I said, hell yeah. There's also a pretty cool story about how the dessert came together. I'm seeing a new trend with guests that say they don't mind what dessert I bring, but after Ed let me slide and pick my own dessert for his episode, I refuse to let another guest not pick the sweets. You know, that's the point of the show, or one of the points is for you to pick your favorite dessert. After some back and forth, she told me her favorite was carrot cake. Personally, I fucking love carrot cake, and it never gets the respect it deserves, in my opinion. There's some mental gymnastics that people have to do the first time they hear about carrot cake. Usually, discovering the option as a kid, you know, the initial reaction is to, you know, go with the sideways dog held to, head tilt. Why on earth would someone make a cake out of carrots or any other vegetable? It totally takes away the point of desserts to begin with, one might think. It should be something like sweet and chocolatey or creamy. But luckily for all of mankind, palates become refined and developed as we age. And bakers learned how to combine a veggie with hints of cinnamon, a rich vanilla cream, and other beautiful flavors to create an amazing dessert. It truly is, again, carrot cake super underrated. Some people don't give it the time of day. Here's the really beautiful part of Carrot Cake being the choice on this particular episode. I reached out to a friend of the show, Daniela Barrera, who has donated wonderful desserts to Cake and Conversation in the past. And she also works at the bakery where I purchased the cupcakes for Ed's episode. I told her I needed a carrot cake in three days, um, and she shared a heartwarming story. Daniela's father passed away four years ago, and... His birthday just so happened to be the same weekend that I was meeting to record this episode with Jackie. She couldn't believe me when I told her I needed a carrot cake because that just so happened to be her father's favorite dessert. Simply put, the energies and frequencies of life are a beautiful thing, the way stuff tends to work out. Jackie and Daniela had no previous connection, had never met, and now will always have the memory of putting this episode together 
celebrating small businesses and growing brands, cherishing memories made with loved ones that are no longer with us, and enjoying original art created by passionate souls who just want to make their dreams come true by doing it their own way. Square pegs and round holes and people who take the road less traveled are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. And Jackie Moody and Daniela Barrera are those types of people. I was fortunate enough to have Jackie invite me and my girlfriend Lily to her home where she created a custom podcast platter for us to enjoy while we talked. We spent 30 minutes talking about her closeness with her mother as she grew up and how that shaped her views towards cooking and creating. We also talk about her path into the hospitality industry and how that ultimately helped to prepare her for her current journey of starting her own business. But I've kept you all here in the opening segment long enough, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Jackie Moody, the owner of Moody's Charcuteries. How's the carrot cake? Delicious. Yeah, there's so much going oh my on. Gosh. I meant to ask Daniela what was all inside it, but you, you almost go. get like a, is coconut. Coconut. See, I was getting like a lemon vibe or something too. I don't know if it's tart or like a meringue or. Pineapple? Was there pineapple? In she was saying pineapple. Yeah, Lily was saying pineapple. Oh, it's, there's so it much. It might there. be. It's probably like crushed pineapple. Raisins, cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is insane. Mm. So carrot cake. It doesn't get enough love. It's not like a sexy pick. It's rarely featured. Some people are just grossed out when you say carrot. Like, I don't want veggie in my dessert. What's up with that? Um, when I was asking you what your dessert was, you said the dessert really didn't matter. You know, when I was pressing you, you know, carrot cake was the choice. With you, what is it? Was it something growing up, like a comfort food, something family related, like your mom always had made the best carrot cake around Thanksgiving? Or? Absolutely. I grew up with carrot cake. Um my mom, I, I don't know that she ever really baked much growing up, but we had a friend who would bring one over to us once a month or so, and it was just the most amazing carrot cake ever. So definitely, like a, a, month definitely a familial kind of thing. Of, mm-hmm. Did you come from like a big family growing up, a lot of brothers and sisters? I or? have two older sisters. I'm the baby. Um, so just the three of us. And oh, so you were the baby. We were spaced out quite a bit, so 10 and 5 years. So I was an only child by the time I was 13. So. Oh, okay. Let's say almost like a vacation baby. <laughs> yeah. Kind of pop uh, it. No, I think we were kind of planned. But, planned out? Yeah. It's cool to put that space in between them. <laughs> we kind of raised each other, or I guess they raised me. <laughs> Were you real close with your mom then? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. She taught me pretty much everything I know about food. You do a lot of cooking together and Absolutely, baking. Yeah. That's fun to have like that close family bond, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like role model and inspiration. She's known as the soup Nazi. She always cooks soup for everybody if somebody's sick or anything like that. She's, yeah. she's the soup Nazi. So it's almost something like relaxing for her, like with you and making these platters, you know, it's almost like something to decompress. Mm-hmm. Like if you got a lot of busy stuff going on and you, you know, a hectic day, you know, a lot of errands to run. But Even then, when I am busy, like with platters, like needing to turn out some platters, doing it is still relaxing. So yeah. it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a, everybody does something to decompress with mm-hmm. to kind of get you away from all the stress and stuff like that. Uh, also growing up, do you have any other creative hobbies? Like, did you love to write, like poetry, maybe draw, sing? Yeah, I did it all. I was uh, very into writing, um, but my mom and I scrapbooked together. So mm. we started doing that when I was like eight, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. So and we make st- cards. And- you still have a lot of your scrapbooks from when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Do you have them here? Like, does she hold on to them for you? Mm. 
I think I might have a couple like kind of hidden in boxes or mm -hmm. something. But. One thing with me, like moving around, um, like after I moved out of my house, I always tried to make sure I kept some of my momentum with mm -hmm. me from uh, mementos, I guess, from like high school and stuff. It's fun to have that. Then you bust it out from time to time or anytime you're moving, you know, you're <laughs> like when you got to move the stuff, you sit down and look at that. Like going through like scrapbooks sure. and stuff is a lot of fun. You also said you were in choir growing up yes. a lot. Would you say you're shy though? Sometimes. Sometimes, right? <laughs> you had to like force yourself to get out of the bubble? I think uh, once I got out of that environment, I became shy. I guess if you didn't have to be in it, then um, I just kind of reverted back, I guess. I was a very shy child. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I came out in between there and then. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. being like the, the youngest daughter, I wonder that has something to do with it. You think being the youngest, usually they're not as shy. They're mm -hmm. the ones that want all the attention or get the attention because they're the baby. But I guess maybe your older si your older sisters got a little more of the attention and you just kind of laid low. No, I just I would hide behind my mom's knee. I would run to my bedroom anytime somebody came over. I was very, very shy as a kid. Very um, shy. Yeah. And then it kind of came out. I mean, I'm OK now. Yeah, I can socialize. It's fine. You're more expressive. <laughs> well, also, too, I mean, I met you. We were in the service industry mm -hmm. together. You were a bar manager or manager at. Um, flying saucer. So, I mean, in this industry, you have to be able to get out, talk to people, yes. sell stuff, stand on a bar and announce somebody's plate. Absolutely. I had to, <laughs> I had to grow out of that. For I sure, remember so. seeing you do that mm. for sure. Yeah. Get on a microphone, tell everybody, Hey, attention, listen to me. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to have all those eyes turn and look at you. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, what led you to the service industry then? Like going through high school, getting into college, what were your original plans? Uh, I, I never really had a set idea of what I wanted to do and I still don't which is kind of a problem I think but mm. it works out it's fine um, but after college in 2015 you know I graduated and finding a job was so difficult at that time and I think it still is to this day even worse so now but um, yeah I ended up at Saucer and I was there for four and a half years that was your first job in the that industry you started off waitressing there mm -hmm. what's a uh, what's some of the important things you've learned from serving tables so much um and then managing as well just uh, how to kind of turn somebody's day around and turn yourself around i guess if no matter what kind of day you're having and try to be better in public in the public eye i guess and uh definitely like from my managing time i learned things about accounting and invoicing and keeping detailed records of everything that you're spending and keeping an eye on your food costs keeping an eye on your Profit margin. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so. And then getting hounded by your bosses. <laughs> Don't give them straws unless they ask for it. Exactly. Lemons on the side. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Three cents a lemon. Chill absolutely. out. Absolutely. But then from the manager side, you're like, hey, that three cents adds mm -hmm. up over time. And I just got to be, you know, I was able to transfer that over to this. It's like, I'm trying to keep track of what I'm spending and see when I'll be able to profit off. Yeah. Like even on a platter, every grape technically has a price. Yeah. You know, every strawberry is factored in on a price when you're charging for the platter. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's all about profit margin again. <laughs> what I like about the like the service industry, I always felt like people 18, 19 years old, getting out of high school into college, you should be able to do it almost like a dual credit. You should be able for a semester to a, be a waitress or a waiter or whatever bartender and get credit for it because it teaches you how to multitask, mm -hmm. teaches you how to socialize, how to read people. Oh, this person needs a little more attention or this person just wants to be left the hell alone. And you learn these skills and you can use them no matter what you're doing after that. No matter what job field you get into, you can take lessons you learn from the service industry. Okay. So I always highly recommend it to people like, yo, don't, you know, no matter what, go wait tables for five months before you start <laughs> going to a restaurant and judging people or getting on or making your waitress feel bad because mm -hmm. you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. Because it's a hard job. I learned a lot more doing that than I think I've learned 
doing anything else. Although, I mean, I don't have much experience outside of the industry because mm. I went from college to that. So. What did you major in in college? Sociology. Okay. And what would you want to do with that? Um, I wanted to do some form of counseling. Um, I might still. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. So. But you like help. So you kind of have a natural inclination to help other people feel better then? Absolutely. With counseling, like listening to them talk, trying to help them like, be in a better mood or... That's cool. Same thing with doing these platters or getting back to the service industry again. You kind of got a, a personality trait of helping people. You want to make other people feel better. Mm-hmm. I think that's something else you learned from your mom, them being empathetic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, my mother was very maternal. So. Yeah. Very um, good about being nurturing. and Yes, very much so. And, you know, if I don't end up doing counseling, I think right now, obviously, is not a good time for it. But eventually, ooh, <laughs> eventually, uh I would love to do catering or private event coordination and wedding planning, something like that, something in that kind okay. of field. So, well, I know this cake. I kind of <laughs> I almost want to take another picture of it for Daniela and show her I accidentally butchered the cake. Oh, no. But, no, it's delicious. I'm it's, a, th- it's a lovely mess. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's so complex. There's a lot going on with all the layers to it. It's not some simple little carrot cake. She's really good at what she does. It's delicious. I love it. All right. So um, least favorite part of the industry. I guess just the, the long hours, you know, I mean, I'm a night owl anyways, but when you're there for 10 hour shifts, I mean, it, it's kind of draining on you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't miss that part. I guess. Don't miss the long hours. It's a hectic schedule and yeah. burnout's a real thing. Right. I have a pattern apparently, because I can't deny it, but after usually about four or five, six months at a place, end up moving on. It's hard for me to stay at one bar longer than that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a personal issue, obviously, but it's got to be from burnout. It is. Start I mean, seeing the same people. If you're doing like the clopens or, you know, you shut it down and then come back the next morning and that kind of stuff, I, I, that kind of wore on me and I don't miss that part. I no. Yeah. I mean, you're with your coworkers more than your family a lot of the time. And yeah, you don't always want to do that. You don't always like your coworkers. <laughs> yeah. You know? How did, um, how did this, the coronavirus situation, how did it affect your position in the industry? Like before the pandemic, did you ever consider yourself working outside of the industry? Before, um, I don't know that I would have left or that I would have kind of ventured Ventured out on my own. Um, We had to reduce the management team because we weren't making as much money. I mean, bars in Texas had to shut down Mm -hmm. mid-June. So uh, it just wasn't feasible, I guess, to have me there. Did they do Um, it over like seniority or something, essentially? I really, I mean, I'm not not sure. sure Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, the future of bars, I think, right now is so uncertain. and It's sad. Yeah. A lot of places are closing down and they'll never open back up again. Right. And it's unnecessary. There should be there ways should around be some that. kind of rent forgiveness or something like that. Right. That's what's killing people right now. I yeah. Think. Just in general, when, even when we're talking to apartments or housing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, economy, whatever, bullshit. I understand that you can't pause it. But at the same time, situation like this, when it was nobody's fault, through no fault of their own, you shouldn't be forced to get evicted For or sure. laid off, you know? It's such a trickle down effect of mm. it starts with the landlord. I mean, if they're they can't make the money and then it just it just goes on and on and on and everybody's what, been affected so in always, so many different ways right now. Yep. I always want to go like who's above them, like who's the landlord gotta pay their money to, like with right. property taxes and the owner, like why can't we focus on hey, you guys relax for a little bit. Hey, You're not we were making you money, so can we keep making you money? Can you let us you know, I, that's kind of how I see it. It's well, my thing, even thinking of like a car payment, let's say I got three years until I pay a car off. And now for these times right now where it's four or five, six months ongoing, let's just tack that on to the end of the lease, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, right. like if I, 
somebody didn't pay their car for four months. Okay. It's not like, obviously you're not going to get the money instead of paying the car off in July, 2023, you pay it off in November, sure. 2023. And it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of other countries have gone that way of just extending things. It's like, okay, well, you're not going to pay it right now, but you'll pay it, you know, uh, eventually. And that's a lot smarter, I think, than shutting a business down for good or taking a car away or something like that. Because it's something everybody's dealing with. Mm -hmm. So getting into these platters here, and we say it because I know I've talked about this before off the air, and I'm still probably butchering it. Charcuterie? Charcuterie. Charcuterie. Okay. I mean, who knows? I'm probably butchering, butchering it. But, but you, you were kind of, <laughs> you were dabbling in this, I guess dabble's the right word, even before, you know, doing it full time. Sure. What got your interest? Where was the first time where you discovered this hobby? I made a couple for my boyfriend and I, and I really loved, you know, getting all the cheeses together, all the meats and putting them on a nice spread like this and um, just devouring it a few minutes later, you know, and they're so you get a little bit of every flavor and every bite and it's all just so different. So I really enjoyed that. And I actually saw a picture of like a little bougie charcuterie snack plate, I guess, like a lunch size plate with a little mini wine bottle next to it. I saw it on Facebook and I was like, I would love to do that. Like, I would love to put those together and make those and sell those. And it just started with a simple little bubble of an idea. You know, I posted that picture on Facebook and I said, this would be my dream side hustle. And it took one customer, one person, one friend of mine, Elvin, saying, I want that right now. I'm hungry now. Do it. I want to have it kind of deal. And the next day I made the platter and ever just, since then, it just kind of blew up from there. So. Yeah. No, and Alvin was a coworker, right? Yes. Um, I believe I used to work with his brother, Aaron Katie. Yeah. So Ricky was my coworker. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Elvin's yeah. the guy I worked with. And okay, Elvin yeah, was his brother, so he worked. That's right. Yeah, we worked table. at local bar and local yes. table. Yeah, yeah. And Katie. So if it wasn't for him, um, I don't know that I would have started this that in that way. So mm -hmm. I definitely have a platter named after him for sure. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So uh, the platter you made for me in particular, we're calling it the podcast platter. Podcast Very platter. fitting. Uh, go over. You're telling me earlier when you kind of build it, you just kind of start and just go with your gut almost. Mm -hmm. Like you pick an item and go from there. Yeah, so. definitely. You just It's all about just setting it down and seeing where it goes. So you start with one item. For me, it's usually hummus. Once I set that hummus platter down, just building around build it. Build around it. Mm -hmm. Just kind of go with whatever inspiration yeah, you got in the Whatever moment. I feel and just kind of digging in the fridge and see what's in there and how I can make it work. But it feels, I mean, just cooking in general is an art. Absolutely. You know? So you're going off of like, maybe you have like a color theme going or a different flavor theme mm -hmm. going. Every platter is different and everything is fully customizable. So mm -hmm. have you noticed trends lately though? Or have you noticed any trends at all with people who kind of see, Oh, this platter is more popular. Or this item seems to be popular. Like I you say, hummus the, is always. Yes. In it, I think the Greek platter is the more popular one. Cause you get a little bit of everything. You get some meats, you get that nice hummus and the fruits, the fresh fruits and veggies on the mm -hmm. side. So yeah. Uh, also, people love these stuffed, the little mini stuffed peppers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Those are my favorite. Yeah, they're good. Mm -hmm. yeah, the chocolate covered cherry is good. You're doing <laughs> the chocolate yourself on these things? Yeah, it's just uh, you know, melting some chocolate and just kind of swirling them around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You get to work from home, too. Yes. Comfortable aspect. Yes. Especially right now. I mean, that's where everything's trending now. Yes. Everybody wants to work from home. Mm -hmm. That's why I like doing this podcasting stuff. You can do it in any Like I used to do it, in the, I'd still do it in the garage. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'll go record. My grandma's closet is set up perfect. So I'll go record there like it's a sound booth, you know, you just make do with what you got. I mean, especially, I think the cool thing about charcuterie during this time is it's a treat. It's a, a getaway, I guess, like a retreat from mm -hmm. your normal life. It's a fancy little gourmet platter. Um, so if you're chilling at home anyways, you might as well have a nice little meal to go with it. So. Yeah, it's got a cute date 
thing mm-hmm. to it. I want to tell all the guys out there, if you want like a simple way to impress your girlfriend, like you're not breaking the bank necessarily right. to get one of these. And also it shows a lot of like intimate thought mm-hmm. instead of just like, oh, we went to the store and got sandwiches or whatever. Absolutely. I yeah. think, you know, they sell charcuterie trays at like Kroger HEB, but you can't customize it. Yeah. And you don't get all the nice little touches on it. So sure, there's character that goes involved into this one when you're eating one. Uh, so say we're putting one together and I wanted to order one for my girlfriend and I could tell you certain things about her, not necessarily cool. just flavor she likes, but maybe even personality traits. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you're putting it together on a whim, you're like, oh, that would go good. Definitely. There are some that are more feminine. There are some that are more masculine. Um, yeah. And then useful, I guess. Some are more useful than others. Uh, yeah. Some have maybe more of the old timey mm-hmm. traditional feel for it for like if Ethel wants one. Or something, <laughs> <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> so also besides like selling them to friends and family, you done stuff with businesses you were telling me earlier like uh, realtors Realtors. Uh, yes I had one there's not been a whole lot of people that I haven't known personally that I've ordered but there was one and she was kind of doing it for like a thank you gift for referral um for getting a sale on another house or something I don't know the details but so she's probably the first person that I didn't know firsthand who had ordered a platter and I really would like to expand that um, and people have been, I've been blessed really with some of my friends who have just been sharing all my stuff and putting the word out there and getting those customers that I wouldn't normally have yeah. from my friend base. As awesome as they are, I want to you know spread it out a little bit. Yeah. That's the hardest thing too, at least coming from my perspective on trying to like build these shows. I hate not like forcing stuff on people, but feeling like you're forcing it. Like mm-hmm. doing a post every day, sometimes you feel like you can oversaturate it too sure. much. Because I wonder if you've noticed, because I've noticed sometimes you'll do a post and like the first one of its kind will get 100 whatever likes. Right. When you post again and it's like, okay, now only 50 people this time. And then it's hard to like keep that following going. I think it's just about exposure in general. I mean, if you see something enough times, you might want it. Uh, you're like, oh man, I keep seeing it. Oh, I'm hungry. Or uh, I have this party coming up. Maybe you didn't have it a few days ago, but now you have it now. So right. the more you see it and the more you're out there, I think the better your chances are of getting some bait, you know? Yeah. Getting the word out. And all it takes is one extra person too. If you get Mm -hmm. one other person that likes it and spreads the word and one other person orders Mm -hmm. it, you're good. You know, it's not like you're trying to be a millionaire off of it right away or anything, you know, it's more about just the the small network of people and letting that grow. Yeah. I mean, well, like you said, it's like my one friend recommends it to another friend that one friend recommends it to another. And then the more you're sharing it on Facebook or Instagram, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how social media has really changed how we do business. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm not a fan of social media, but I understand it's like a necessary evil. Yeah. It's all marketing and promotion. What would you say is your least favorite part about this whole process then? I don't know that I have a least favorite part. Um, I would say maybe just delivering, but even then I'm like just kind of jamming out in the car or whatever it might be. But I really enjoy every aspect of it. I enjoy selecting every item. I enjoy um, finding different plates and platters, trays. Um, So I really get to put all of my interests in one basket with this. Yeah. We're in like the Richmond, Katy area. How far does your delivery stuff expand? Uh, I mostly do like Sugarland and Richmond uh, and Katy sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, you just went to San Antonio, right? I did actually. Uh, so, I mean, if the interest is there, I do plan on going. Like right. if somebody, if I had a, a small group of people in Dallas who wanted to order, you know, I would probably go up to Dallas. Sometimes you got to, it's investing yeah. in yourself. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm, I mean, yeah. if it's like $15 worth of gas, right? Like it doesn't cost much, you know, yeah. you can go out there and do it. So. Well, obviously the end goal is to, well, you know, maybe not the end goal, but you want to profit. Mm-hmm. But what I've found with this, if you're going to be passionate about it, you would be willing to do it for mm-hmm. free. 
You're not necessarily looking for money. Oh, absolutely. I've definitely given out plenty of platters. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's part of it. Again, investing in yourself, especially early on. You know, it's like even with the show or like paying for a cake or willing to drive to where you're at. You know, sometimes it's like investing in yourself is a big part of it. For sure. Yeah, I've definitely driven a lot further than I probably should have for some things. But I'm like, no, I want these people to have it. I want to make this happen. I want to make it work. So I'm definitely willing to put in all the extra work necessary for it. I think people, even if it's subconsciously, people appreciate that or realize Mm -hmm. like they'll return the favor somewhere down the line. If they see you go to that extra effort to make their life easier. Somewhere down the line, they're going to want to return the favor because mm-hmm. most of the time people inherently are good. <laughs> like to assume so. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could delve in a little further on that. But I think what I love the most about this business is that I get to incorporate all of my skills and all of my talents. I'm definitely a big cook. I love to cook all the time. I love to bake. Um, so putting out some baked goods is fun for me as well as uh, my cards. You know, my custom cards, I make them for my friends for different occasions. So I just sell them too. Oh, this is a birthday platter. Here's a birthday card to go with it kind of deal. So, or even my jewelry. Um, I also make jewelry. And so I get to kind of throw that on the side if it's Mm -hmm. for like a date night or anniversary package or something like that. People, it's a one-stop shop, I guess. People can find all this. You started a website. What's the website called? It's moodyscharcuteries.com. So do, you have, do you have experience before doing websites for anything else? Not at all. <laughs> I was actually referred to um, Squarespace. It's been really, really easy to use. Easy. Um, and I was surprised that I was able to do it. <laughs> it's intimidating, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, you see so many websites and you're like, oh, that's neat. Um, how do they do it? And then yeah. I figured out how they do it. So You would assume at first like you got to be some kind of like technical engineer sure. or something crazy, like into coding mm-hmm. or some kind of crazy computer stuff. But, but they've made it so easy these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, that's what I was telling you earlier. I used WordPress or was trying to learn how to use WordPress. I haven't messed with it in over a month at this point. But I'm just sitting there watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. trying to see how they do it. But it's learning a whole new language. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part is like trying to be comfortable doing something you're not good at. Right. I feel like people have an issue or at least I deal with this to where if I'm not good at something right away, I almost don't want to do it at all. But that's not a good way to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable. You know, I think people struggle with that a lot. They don't want to yeah. be uncomfortable. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but I think what I've learned from this business is you have to get comfortable doing things that you wouldn't have done before, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been into this kind of entrepreneurial mindset, but there is no other way. I mean, you just have to make it work and you're going to do what it takes to make it work. So. Mm-hmm. So me making an Instagram, even I never wanted to have an Instagram. I was like, I don't see the point. I don't want to have an Instagram. I was like, okay, I'm going to make the Instagram. Yeah. So now I've got it pretty much down and still learning a little bit. I felt like such a grandma just trying <laughs> to figure it all out. That's me, like hashtag and stuff. Yes. I never understood the hashtags. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time I'll make a post and post it and I can go edit it real quick. Right. Add some hashtags, dude, for whatever reason. <laughs> mm. I have such a hard time. I don't know if it's just me, but when I'm reading hashtags, I'm like, and then, 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 wait, what does that mean? Is it all, it's all jumbled together. I Some can't people read ain't it. doing them right. There <laughs> yeah. should never be like, I don't know the rules, but I assume you should not have a long ass hashtag. Right. It kills the point. Or people will be hashtagging stuff that, I don't know if they use it for the wrong reason. You're supposed to use it like a keyword, mm-hmm. but people are using it for like sayings at the end, sure. like a PS, da, 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 da. Don't tell me you did that. Da, 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 exactly. Man. And then I, I, I don't even try. I'm like, I'm just going to keep scrolling through, you know? That's why I say I love this part, sitting down and recording. The hardest part is everything else. I'd much rather just have a team. Like, please, you do my social media. <laughs> like, I will, you know, maybe one day or something. Maybe one day. I like to sit here and record. All the extra stuff I could do without. I guess that could be said about, you know, charcuterie. Eventually, I would love to have kind of an empire built and, like, mm-hmm. all I do is build the platters and 
other people can go and deliver them or whatever. Um, but I think the long-term goal would definitely be to have a storefront, maybe in like five years or something. Brick and mortar spot. Yes. So you have like a little, a little haven, I guess, for charcuterie and you can buy bottles of wine. You can buy meats and cheeses. You can take a class on how to make your own board. That would be cool. Uh, it'd be a great date night. Date spot. night option. Yeah. I'm always trying to find like nice, <laughs> good, <laughs> yeah, like different, I don't know, original kind of ways to do something. You know, what's a date night? We can always do this. Like we go out and get margaritas or we go get sushi. But sometimes you want to do different stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, let's take a dance class together. Or, hey, let's go learn how to make some platters right. together. This is something my grandma would love too. Man, I didn't even <laughs> think about this. Matter of fact, I might have you, if you don't mind, yeah. like do another one and I'll you know, compensate and all this stuff. But you know what? It's really cool. I figured out that I can make a platter in like 10 minutes Sweet. if I really put my mind to it. Yeah. I can do it. Uh, that's I, I just love cranking them out. You know, I made one this morning for eight people um, and I made one last night also for eight people. So it's just kind of fun to see what you can do with it and how much you can put together all on, on a little plate so a trial by error so you're kind of just learning with experience on how big to make certain platters right. like mm -hmm. you just said you made a platter for eight people mm -hmm. so this one sitting in front of us there's three of us here right now mm -hmm. i like to call this size the friendship platter i okay. think it's good for two to three people so it's a nice size plate you can get a lot of stuff on friendship it sure. platter i like that platter. that's good marketing it's something so, ideal that you would sh share with friends what other sizes we got working on them like what do you got them named i guess i have uh, smaller little snack plates that i call nosh plates so that's good for one person um then you've got the friendship platter which would be this size about 12 inches uh, it's good for two to three people and then you've got um just a regular platter and then that would be good for two to four then an extra large platter uh, yeah. About four to six, and then you've got like your big trays. Those would be good for eight to ten people. Then you're talking about catering again after that mm -hmm. point. Catering events, absolutely. That'd whenever, another, whenever we can do that again. Yeah, no, that'd be <laughs> another thing to look into. Uh, like, like businesses that are having whatever their meetings. I guess everything's Zoom meeting. Though. Yeah, it kind of fucks it up. If you want to just sit there and call places, like cold call almost. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what I offer. Da, da, da. If you're having your next big event, let me know. But we're not having big events. You know, everything's no been transformed events. so much. But I think that's. You know, adaptability is key for businesses right now. And if you can't adapt, you can't survive. So you've just got to figure out what you can do to make it work. And You got business card yet? Working on it. Yeah, it's me yeah. too. I thought about it. And then, <laughs> uh, you look into it and I just never hit like the send button. Or yeah. The buy. Well, I would really love to have some kind of uh, personalized logo made, whether it be through a graphic designer friend or just if I make it myself. But I would like to have my logo first and then build the business yeah. card. So. That's the hardest part. Kind of see what happens. If you need a shoe guy to help promote your business, I got a guy, Charles Canna, do a custom shoe with whatever you like. You a got shoe? Your, yeah, he does <laughs> you know, like custom shoes that you can, you know, it's uh. like, yeah, you pay a price and he'll put your logo on it. You bring him whatever shoe you want. He can restore it. I'll have to show you his Instagram page. Oh, I don't I've know never if you've heard seen of such him. a thing. Yeah, his name's Charles Cannon. You, I mean, if you see on my page, you'll see I share a lot of his stuff. Oh, okay. But it's a good way to market yourself. Mm. You know, you get that. It's just. You have it and then you can promote your business it's like a walking business definitely uh, face custom? masks would be a, a huge one. Oh right yeah now, yeah absolutely. of course because people are like oh what's that design yeah. or what's that logo oh well it's my business mm -hmm. da, 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 let me tell you about it it's a walking advertisement yeah. <laughs> so eventually that'll be kind of the goal of you know i would love to have a couple t-shirts that i could wear or, merch yes mm -hmm. um canvas tote bags things like that face masks i think are prominent right now so what's going on your platter you're making a platter for yourself what are you making? Mm. What's on it? <laughs> anything and everything. Anything yeah. that I've got that I'll, I'll eat it all, honestly. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You don't um, have like a specific like, oh, this has got to be on there. Or it's just what you have on hand then. Pretty much just what I have on hand. And I even, we had to get a second fridge, if you can see here. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much uh, charcuterie supplies that I just, I couldn't deal with having my own personal food and the charcuterie. I needed that extra space. So yeah. just whatever I have on hand. Um, definitely these little cream cheese, everything bagel bites. Those usually go on my platters. Yeah, I like yeah, those. Those, are, those are a staple. It's got good, bold flavor. Creamy, mm -hmm. good salt flavor to it. How's the, uh, the boyfriend been supportive? Absolutely. He eats a lot of platters these days. He likes to be the test dummy. I'm worried <laughs> that he's going to get burnt out on the platters. <laughs> are, are you worried that you might get burnt out on doing them? I don't think I will. And a passion is there. Though. Yeah, the passion's there, and everything is different, so it's not like it's the same thing over and over again. Hmm. Um, I think if I was so restrictive in my mindset of, in creating them that I might, but I'm really not. But I'll then, try anything. And then him being supportive, that has to help a lot. Absolutely. Um, if I didn't have him like being like, oh, this looks great, or even taking pictures, he takes pictures for me a lot of the time, That's or cool. um, even promoting to his friends or whatever it might be, he's been super supportive throughout this whole thing. Oh, yeah, because that's a, you got to have it. It's a team. Yes. Yeah. You're learning that firsthand. I've learned the same thing as you're not doing it on your own. Mm -hmm. People like to say, I did it with no help. Starting from the <laughs> bottom, it was all me. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, everybody had a little no. help. Yeah. You have to have that good support team. I've, I mean, I've got good friends, like I said, who've been sharing my posts and sharing the pictures and telling their friends, their family. And uh, But no, he's been really a good support yeah. here at home. And... I don't know what where the future of this is going to go exactly, but I do have ideas. I do have hopes, I guess. Mm -hmm. so I got about a minute and a half left. What's your uh, website? It's www.moodystarcuteries.com. That's all one word. All one word. And that's where they can go and place orders online. You can place an order online, but it's usually easier if you kind of reach out to me just so I make sure that I get everything yeah. correct. Um, so you can email me at jaqmoody at, at, at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Jackie Moody, or Moody Charcuteries, and Instagram is Moody Charcuteries. Nice. And then soon enough, we get your own social media team and stuff like that. You Eventually. Know? Yeah, all this stuff will take <laughs> off. It's all about getting that that base, mm -hmm. and you just build off of that base. Definitely. But I, I like the idea with doing realtors or like law offices, law like my girlfriend was saying. Yeah, because people want to send thank you gifts. Mm -hmm. Or like, it would be good to, well, school is different now. Yeah. Like, well, parents could give a teacher, like a teacher a gift. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent gift idea. For teacher that. gifts are great. Um, even, I mean, they have in services and things like that. Mm -hmm. Teachers have been interested in, in getting something where everybody can kind of munch. Um, so I think if there's an occasion or event or any kind of situation, there's a potter for potter it. For definitely. It. I mean, we have expectant parents, we've got um, weddings, engagements. Yeah. Yeah. You can oh, make a platter for anything. I love this concept. I think it brings people together. It's a good conversation piece. It's something different. You don't see everybody doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think you got something good going on. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for... Yes, thank you so much for having, having me on. Oh, this of course. Is... We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Bop. <laughs>
where we take popular songs and break down their lyrics in a literal sense. What's on the highway to hell? Must one worry about state troopers? Are there pit stops? In addition to all of that new content, plans are in the works for another new show called Fight Talk. Cake and Conversation is about my guest. The Astro Brett podcast is about, of course, the Astros. My show with Chris is about music, but Vite Talk will be my show. I'll have more on all of that in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for new information. When someone asks me for advice on trying to start a show and to build a following, my biggest piece of advice is to just put content out. Don't do it for fame or attention. Don't do it for other people. And certainly don't start out doing it for money. Do it for yourself and do it because you're passionate about it. Put content out even if you aren't totally confident in it at the time. While you publish new stuff for people to digest, already be working on other new material. Eventually, you'll have a portfolio and a track record built, and then you can look towards advancing your project in newer areas. That's all for this edition of Cake and Conversation. After, after my last episode with Ed went almost two hours, I knew I wouldn't try to keep you all here as long for this one. Life's hectic, busy, and I want to thank you all one more time for having my back. I'll be back soon, and until then, call up a friend or a family member, pick up a dessert from a local baker, and enjoy some cake and conversation. <laughs>